Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. We are continuing to go through some pastoral kind of show-and-tell questions. Uh, we are going behind the veil. We're lifting the veil up to see who these guys on the radio really are. Um, We've done a lot of serious questions, but this this is a really fun question. Um, if your office, which contains your whole library, caught on fire, and you could only make it out carrying one stack of books, what books would be in that stack? That is actually a hard question because uh, you know, as you've matured in ministry, you've your five foot bookshelf isn't a five foot bookshelf anymore. It's a it's a wall, uh, and maybe multiple walls. I mean, I've, you know, I've I've actually put my um, books on a app called Library Thing. I have that app, and uh, I've I probably got about um, you know twenty five hundred books recorded there, and that's not even calling them sets. I mean, unless you think the li- unless the listener thinks that we're somehow idolaters of books, the Lord forbid. No, this is what Paul said in Second Timothy. One of his last sentences that he spoke recorded: "When you come, he tells Timothy, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, <laughs> and above all the parchments." Paul shared our love of yeah, books. Yeah, and so there is, <laughs> you know, I don't know that I would. I would probably, you know, for an individual, I would say it would have to be, you know, you want to grab a systematic theology. Which um, one? Which one? You know, the, the one you have. <laughs> uh, you no, know, your if, office if, is if, on if, fire, Jonathan. Yeah, your yeah, office you're is on have fire. You're going to have to grab the one at, volume. At this rate, Jonathan, your whole library just you know, burned to the I, ground. Well, I just t- I told the guys before you asked this question, I, I said, you know, I have a window in my office, and I'd probably be standing there with it broken open and just throwing them out on the lawn together later. You know, so I would just grab as many as I could. <laughs> so... My initial books that I would want to grab is I own some books from the the 1700s, early 1800s that are significant books, at least in my um, belief system. Um, So Witsius on the Covenant, um, I own a a 1700 book um, on the fourfold nature Mm. um, by Thomas Thomas Botson, and I own Fisher on the Westminster um, Confession. And so those are are valuable to me just because they mm-hmm. are historic, um, but also um, symbolize a lot of what's dear to me with regard to theological truth. So those would be the the ones that I would I would grab for sure. I would grab my my Bavink systematic um, theology set. Um, there is a, a Andrew Thompson Thompson um, wrote a autobiography on Thomas Boston. I would grab that. Now, are these all close I, I together? Could, I could, <clears throat> because yeah, it I said could. one stack. I mean, are you like going that, around? I, no, yeah. I would have to get them from different spots. Okay. You know, <laughs> and then I think the 
uh, last book that I would grab are um, my institutes um, from Calvin. Mm. So you those know, would be my stack. I I really can't answer the question because oh my goodness, it, oh know, my it, goodness. what is know, going on here? This this. <laughs> You know, if you if you stepped into my office, which is you know basically a, a bedroom, um, you know I have four walls of books. I mean, floor to ceiling, and in the middle of that that there's a desk and also two revolving bookcases. Yeah, I it is so crowded in there. I have to leave the room to change my mind. Um, so so I, I that. I, I don't think I can work under these circumstances. You ask a simple question, a simple question, and you just want well, a simple well, answer. You know, you know, you pointed out, you know, books are your tools. It would yeah. be like asking a mechanic, would you pick up the wrench or the hammer? Uh, what would you pick up if you had to leave? You know, I mean, you that's, that's, part, of, uh, that's part of your abilities to formulate thought. Yeah. Okay, well, having that. I have an answer. Mm-hmm. A real answer. You do. You have a, you have a shorter bookcase. So I do. I do. I, that's true. Um, so in 2012 or 13, me and my dad drove to Portland to visit family. And Monergism, the brick and mortar store, was oh, still there. Oh, I used to love driving through there. And I picked up Jonathan Edwards, volume one and volume two of his works. Mm-hmm. And so I was with my dad on this trip, Very just me and him. Go into Starbucks, and he goes and visits some family. I'm like, I'm just going to hang out here for a while. And I started reading Jonathan Edwards. And um, and so I write in all my books. And so there's a historical record in those books of those memories. Mm-hmm. And then Jonathan Edwards is, I mean, he's just opened my eyes to so many things. He writes, and my heart burns for Christ mm-hmm. in, in the writings. So those would be, I mean, if I could only grab two books, those would be the books that I would grab for, for the memory's sake and because of the theology in there. That story made me want to add just one real tiny book to my my list, which is not for theological reasons as much as it's for the the memories that are associated with it. And it's um, a devotional called My Utmost for Its Highest. It's actually from 1936. Oswald Chambers. Oswald Chambers. And it was actually my dad's devotional that Mm. came to me, and it was the first devotional that I read through um, in my Christian walk, and it it has all of my underlines in it um, that I would grab for sentimental reasons. Yeah, I would grab that. Yeah. Well, we think of what Solomon said of the making of books. There is no end, and there is a sense in which you know um, we're constantly gathering books in ministry. Yeah, um, one of the things that I have learned in the length of time that I've been in ministry is they're all replaceable. Yeah, I mean, I used to. You know, you'd lo- I've loaned out books that never come back, and that you know, it you know, as you start to grieve over a lost book, you know, and I and I, I've learned now that when I loan a book, if it doesn't come back, I've already I've already determined in my mind if it's in, that important to me, I'm going to reorder it. I loaned a book one time to a gentleman, and I'm not a writer in my books, or at least I don't want anybody else writing in my books, and I'm watching don't him. Don't ever lend me a book. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching I'm watching him over his shoulder, and he's underlining with this pen in, in one of the books that I had. And, uh, you know, I, I left immediately. And rebought it, <laughs> and then I came back, and he told me how much he was enjoying it. I told him, "Just keep that." I think <laughs> out that of you're the graciousness gonna, of yeah, my, <laughs> I just keep that. I think that you. I'm glad that you enjoy it. Okay, let's move on. A related question: um, 
What is your favorite book of the Bible and why? I imagine at least two of us are going to say the same thing. My answer has changed as I've gotten older. And now I think uh, my favorite book of the Bible will be my favorite book of the Bible until I die. And it's the book of Psalms. Mm -hmm. I think Calvin's right. It, it, it is the anatomy of the soul. And mm -hmm. you find in it truths that pertain to all of life and um, theological truths, um, experiential, um, just gems, um, prayers of confession, prayers of praise, songs of adoration. I mean, it's just everything that you could hope for um, and long for, I think, is, is, is at least somewhere present in the Psalms. And so it, it's become um, – my favorite book. We did a, a study of the Psalms a couple of years ago in, in a, uh, a Thursday night, and um, a gentleman that came up to me, I preached out of the Psalms on, on Sunday morning, and, and he said to me, I could go through the Psalm, that study again. Mm -hmm. And I, I was thinking, so could I. I could do that probably every year, just a study of the Psalms. Yeah. So. You want me to go second? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I would have said Romans several years ago. Me too. But I actually think that Romans is gets you on the road in the car as you're driving to the mountains of the Psalms. Mm. I think the Psalms are the pinnacle of of all worship. Um, it it tells you things about your soul that you didn't even know. It's prophetic. It's mm -hmm. um, rich. It um, comforts you. It gives words to your your sorrows. It gives words to your joys. I. I I think there's a reason why it's the longest book in the Bible. Why I think it, I think mm -hmm. it's the center of this, of the Scripture. I would agree. I, I I would say Psalms too. I do think though that uh, it doesn't matter what my favorite is. My favorite becomes the one I'm actually preaching through. Um, there's so much that I'm gleaning from it. You know, not only do we. Um, preach for others' benefit, but every time you open up Scripture and you're expositing something, you get more out of it. Every teacher gets more out of preparation than the student does. And so I would say that sometimes my favorite is the one that I'm in because yeah. I'm in it. Um, you know, I, I'm living, breathing, eating <coughs> it, uh, you know, 24-7. There, I go to I go to bed at night sometimes just dreaming about what I'm trying to say mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I'm trying to formulate the thoughts. I'm preaching in my head yep. and, and not being able to Sounds get to like the – Sounds like a common affliction. Not, not being able to get to the third point, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. But okay, I, so maybe this will be different or, or the same, but a related question. What has been your favorite sermon series to preach and why? I think it's been when I preached uh, the wisdom books, um, whether, you know – um, I I preached through Ecclesiastes, and there was uh, I I do think that I I grew during that time. I think partly because um, you're in poetry, you're in wisdom. There's a lot of interpretation that has to go on through that book. You're you're constrained to not necessarily repeat what you've heard, but and what you've thought brings you to some conclusions. So I would say the the wisdom books have been some of my favorite books. I, you know, you know, preaching through Psalms, preaching through uh, Proverbs, um, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs have been probably some uh, those books that have given me the greatest joy. Mm. I think for me, it was going through the life of David, mm. um, and then maybe 
closely related or about the same as is preaching through the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about going through the life of someone that they become kind of your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're done, it, it's it's like you're losing a part of yourself. I, I know that sounds weird, but um, when David died, I, I, you almost felt it as you've journeyed with them through their life in the scriptures that um, you kind of became their friend and you saw life how they saw it. And and I hope the people in the pew also were on that same journey, um, that I've, it wasn't just me, yeah. but I fear it might have been just me, but that, that you, you – their their story becomes part of you. Yeah. So there's a great enjoyment in preaching through the old uh, different uh, books in the Old Testament. Partly, you know, you realize that you know Christ said they all spoke of Him. So, um, you know, the finding Christ in the Old Testament mm-hmm. has been you know a great treasure. Yeah. And so you know somebody somebody said that uh, you know oftentimes they hear I mean, preaching it's like you know. Um, where's Waldo? They're yeah. wondering where are you going to find Christ there. And mm-hmm. then when you reveal that to them, they, they, there's a, a real excitement that yeah. you've, you've, that you've led them to Christ. Yeah. So, so um, <clears throat> since I'm the youngest and the brightest and the sharpest among us, I have the least. <laughs> I have the least amount of time preaching. So when I took over in 2016, we finished the book of John, and then I went to uh, the book of Daniel. Very stupid of me. Uh, then I went to Second Peter, and now I'm in Corinthians. So I've only done, and I'm slow. So, um, so I think the f- the f- uh, f- favorite one is the one I haven't preached yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I really did like going through covenant theology in a Sunday school class because for that reason, you see Christ from beginning to end and it puts the whole story of the Bible together. So I think in terms of just enjoyment of getting the grasp of the, the storyline of the Bible, covenant mm-hmm. theology would be mm-hmm. free. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed these shows. If not, just send your hate mail to Pastor Russ. You could probably find his email somewhere. Yep, it's um, joshbales <laughs> at gmail.com. It's a 78. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs>